You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Now, from our anniversary, we had begun to look at the theme, a different spirit, which we took from Numbers 14.24. And what I believe God is trying to do for us, beginning from that time, is to not just give us the different spirit, but to train us. You know, um, in our country, there's this law we have, uh, uh, what's it called again? It's some laws or some regulation on technological transfer. So we are not just supposed to buy or get, you know, foreign companies to come and do contracts and install um, factories and things for us here. Part of every of those arrangements or contracts must include that after a while, they should so train the Nigerians so that without the foreign countries or counterparts, we are able to run those things ourselves. But I know they're not doing it because I understand that the Chinese bring in laborers to almost do the work of engineers in Nigeria. Okay, because we are not, you know, enforcing those parts of the law. Now, God has given us his Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. God has given us the different spirit, the spirit that is from God. And he just doesn't want us to have the spirit. He wants us to operate and to walk in the spirit. Somebody say amen. So the spirit is the gift of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, If any man says, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he said, this is spoke of the spirit which was going to be given to those who believe. So when we believe in God, we are given the gift of his Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is God in you, God in me, God in us. Praise the Lord. Now, but there is a necessity to walk in the Spirit. There is a necessity to now operate in the Spirit. And I think that's what God has been teaching us. And I think it was last Sunday we began to see how important it is you know, to understand that the world we're in is spiritual. Because if you don't understand it, you won't find it easy walking in the spirit. The world we're in, even though I can see you and we can see and we can touch things, everything we have in this world was made from things which are not seen. And at the end of the day, everything is also going to be rolled away and those things which are not seen will remain. In fact, the Bible says the things which we see are temporal. Praise the Lord. But the things which are not seen are what? Are eternal. Okay? So, visible things, our material world is a step after the spiritual. But the spiritual remains and the spiritual will survive the material world. In other words, what really matters is the spiritual. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, we looked at uh, at that text in Numbers 13 and 14. We saw what happened there. There were 12 spies that were sent out. Most of us know the story. To spy out the promised land. And the 12 spies, when they went to this promised land, they saw the same things physically. The same things were visible to them. Let me put it that way. However, when they came back, 
their judgments were different. Their conclusions were different. Caleb and Joshua said, let us go up at once, for we are what? Well able to take the land. But the other ten said, let us turn, appoint a leader, and go back to Egypt. Because these people we saw, ha, that's the way they told us. He said, these people were giants. Not only were they giants, we were grasshoppers. And then even in their own eyes, we are also grasshoppers. So let us run away before they even know we are around and catch us. That was what they said. Now, but they saw the same things physically. Praise the Lord. Now, how come they ended up in two different opposite conclusions? It is because of the invisible things they saw. The team of Caleb and Joshua, apart from seeing the land and seeing the giants, so-called, they saw God. Praise the Lord. However, the other ten, they saw the land, they saw the giants, and they saw the spirit of fear. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says we have not been given the spirit of bondage again to fear. We have not received the spirit of fear. We've received the spirit of power, of love, and of what? A sound mind, a mind that is working. Praise the Lord. I pray that you would receive a sound mind. Receive the spirit of power. In the name of Jesus Christ. So that influenced their conclusions, even though what they saw was the same. Having said that, we live in a world now, we are all seeing the same things. Like, uh, I didn't watch the interview, but I read the interview. And I think it was on a rise. And they said the, um, the American ambassador was being interviewed on a rise. And at a point, he told the interviewers that no matter what you think or how bad you think your country is, that the American companies that are queuing up to come into Nigeria to establish. Now, it's the same Nigeria. Praise the Lord. But some persons are seeing it as where we must run away from. But some other people are seeing it where we should go and invest. What is changing? It's the invisible things that they are looking at. Praise the Lord, somebody. Now, also, as a foundation, before I move on, we also established from 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12, that there are two spirits operating in the world. There is the spirit that we have, okay, the spirit that is from God. Then there's the spirit that is of the world. And we learned last Sunday that the spirit that is from God is the Holy Spirit. And that spirit is the right spirit, praise the Lord. It's the only spirit that actually should operate. The other spirit came when the serpent deceived Eve. And sin came into the world. And then Satan, through that disobedience, had access to operate in the world. Now, when that spirit came in, he brought in or he came in or it came in as the spirit of error. And we established that just as every mathematical equation has one right answer. We use the illustration of 144. What's the square root of 144? 12. How many correct answers can he have? Can he be 11? Can he be 15? So, only one correct answer. Praise the Lord. How many wrong answers can he have? Infinite. The same way, the spirit that is the right spirit is one, is the Holy Spirit. But the spirit of error is unlimited in manifestations. So, it can manifest as the occult. So, there are people you know who are involved in the occult. And then also, there are people you know who are atheists, who don't believe anything spiritual. They believe that human beings are like a matchstick. You light it, it burns off, that's the end. 
all of them are still under the influence of the spirit of error. Praise the Lord. But we are not interested in that side. We want to master how to operate in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Another foundation. Operating in the spirit or under in the spirit that is from God. As opposed to operating in the spirit of the world. They flow, they function in two completely different dynamics. The dynamics are not related at all. Praise the Lord. They are not related. That's how come Caleb could say, let us go up at once and take the land for we are well able. And then the other group said, well, let us appoint a leader and flee. Two opposite directions, isn't it? But the same men, the same nation, the same enemy, everything, but two opposite directions. Now, the same way, when you are operating under the Spirit of God, under the Holy Spirit, and a man that is operating under the Spirit of the world, the dynamics are different. And I'm going to use this to illustrate it to you. How many of us here can swim? Please go and learn how to swim. Okay? You know I'm in the group too. Uh, I can kick water. How many of us can swim? I envy you people. Now, you see, for a man to walk on land... And for a man to swim in water, do you know that the dynamics are completely different? The reason us that can't swim cannot swim is that we enter into water with the mentality of walking. Is someone getting it now? If anybody is going to teach you how to swim, one of the first things they keep saying to you is, relax, relax. Now, if you're trying to lose weight, one of the quickest ways to lose weight is to go and learn how to swim if you don't know. Because the energy you burn in one meter of space, you will not run it. It won't take you 400 meters. Because you will fight the water, thinking that the more you fight, the more you advance. How many of us have realized, those of us that are learning, or don't know, that you put in effort when you bring out your hand? You haven't moved anywhere. How many have had that experience? And then you put your head in and put in more effort. Sometimes you look, you've gone back. No progress. You know why? Because the laws of swimming, the laws of operating in water, and the laws of walking on ground are totally different. If you don't appreciate it, you will never learn to swim. You see, if you're walking on land and you relax, you won't go anywhere. In fact, if you're standing on land and they say just relax, you'll fall, isn't it? But can I tell you something? Something I saw, you know, shocking. They said, if you don't know how to swim, and you're ever, you know, uh, found lost in an ocean or water mass or whatever, you know what they said you should do? They said you should lie down with your back on the water. Keep your head up and relax. You can Google it. It's not Pastor Iken. That's, you don't know how to swim. You're... <laughs> Praise the Lord. He said, lay back, calm yourself down, and breathe. Who does that? I can't swim, and I'm trapped in water. He said, I should relax. Completely different dynamics. It's the same way operating in the spirit. What is smart? No wonder the Bible says the wisdom of this world, or rather the foolishness of God, is wiser than the wisdom of men. Because you see, what you think is smart as a man is fully in the things of God. Different dynamics. 
if you're preaching as a canal person, yes, I can understand. But if you want to get into this dimension we are talking about, the spiritual dimension, you have to come and learn the dynamics. In spiritual dynamics, I just take one you know, simple illustration now. You don't blow your horns. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of what? Of God. And what will he do? He will exalt you in due time. If you attend any business seminar, any marketing seminar, any business school, they will never teach you to humble yourself. They will teach you to, you know, project, you know, to push yourself seven laws of power, seven, you know, dynamics of, you know, surviving in a corporate castle. How you can, you know, tread on your boss and then jump on your superior. They teach you all of those things. But in this kingdom, under this dynamics, he said the greatest amongst you, what should he do? He said it should be the least, the servant. Opposite dynamics. Now, Christians have challenge because many of us have lived under this system. Some of us for 10 years, some of us for 7 years, some of us for 17, 20, 30, 40 years. And then we come in here and you start listening to a preacher like Ikenna who is telling you the things that don't make sense. So let's take marriage for example now. You've seen your great-grandfather, your father, your mother, your uncles. You've seen their marriage. And you've seen how the men beat their wives, subdue their wives, put them into subjection. And then you come here and you open the Bible. And the Bible says, no man ever hated his flesh, but nourishes and cared for it. It says, that's how you should treat your wife. So you say, your wife, you know, misbehaves. Say, what should you do? He said, when your body is sick, what do you do? When there's a problem with your body, you're having aches in a part of your body, do you break it? What do you do? You nurse it. Completely different dynamics. Now, the challenge is this. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, he said, let him do what? Let him ask of God. And God does what? God gives liberally. He does not upbraid. But he says something there. He said, let the man what? not what be double-minded let him not be wavering the challenge i have the challenge you have the challenge most of us have is that we have not fully settled we have not fully come out of land to go into water so in some areas and for a season we try the spiritual part but we give it time god i'm going to treat this man the way you said i should treat my husband you say i should call him lord reverence him respect him I'm going to do that, but if by evening he doesn't change, I will show him where I'm from. The problem with that is that the kingdom you belong to says you should be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. The kingdom you belong to says having done all, he said this say you should take. Having done all, what do you do? You stand. You're standing to, for them to call you. It's your turn. Is somebody getting in? These are dynamics that you must appreciate. If you don't, you will struggle. You, you won't make progress as a Christian. It's going to affect your foundations. So you understand, I'm in a different environment. That's why we're told in, in uh, Galatians 5.25. It says, if we live in the spirit, it says, let us also. You know, the Holy Spirit is saying here, so many of us are living in the spirit. We have been made alive in the spirit. But we are not operating. You know? We are not operating in the spirit. It's begging us. Let us also walk in the spirit. Let us come fully into this great privilege we have. Praise the Lord. Okay, another one foundation we, we dealt with this also. We said that the key to understanding 
I'm working in this, you know, God spiritual. I, I want to be, you know, differentiating in, in this God spiritual. It's to do what? It's to know God, isn't it? Because he's the one who is the real thing. The truth is that nothing else is real. Praise God. Only God is real. Every other thing is not. Only God is. That's why the Bible says to us in Hebrews eleven six says, He that comes to God must believe that God is, that he is. Only God is. And what he says should be. Okay? So, it's the key is understanding, knowing this God. And what are the things we've known about this God? He said to Abraham in Genesis 17, 1, he says, I am almighty God. We sang powerful songs today. Jehovah Jireh, he provides. If you believe and know that God will meet you at every point of your need, your spirituality will go to another level. You know why? Because that is the spirit of the son. The spirit of the orphan. When the orphan wakes up in the morning, he doesn't make his bed. The son, the mother will say, make your bed. Then come for breakfast. When the orphan wakes up in the morning, he doesn't dress his bed. There is no bed to dress. He looks for breakfast. Are you hearing me? Completely different spirit. So the agility and the aggressiveness of the orphan will be totally different from that of a son. When the son wakes up, he looks to the eye of the father to please him. When the orphan wakes up, he looks in suspicion to everybody and everybody. Who is coming for me today? Are you with me? Now, many of us, though born again Christians, have not taken in the spirit of sonship. Where we know that God is my father, he's my source, and my assignment is to please him. Do you know the reason why you're not living holy? You don't believe God. That's the reason. The reason you're cutting and doing all kinds of things is the orphanship that you must sort out yourself. But the son knows that he has an inheritance. His name is there. Praise the Lord. He comes home to the father. The prodigal son said, I realized, he came to himself and realized that in his what? Father's house. Let me say my father's house. That's the spirit of sonship. There's a father's house. Where nothing is lacking. Praise the Lord. And we'll all make it there in Jesus' name. So God is almighty. He can meet us, supply, provide, all of that. God is also wonderful. You know, in Judges 13, 18, it says God is wonderful. And for us today, that word wonderful, let it imply to you that when you don't know how, God knows how. Because sometimes we have issues... Not because we don't want to believe, but we don't know how God can help in a situation like this. So we don't know how. So because we don't know how, we shut out divine intervention. But he's wonderful. He's full of wonders. Praise the Lord. Sometimes when he's going, he's coming. Praise the Lord. Sometimes when it seems as if he's going, he's what? He's coming. Why? He's wonderful. Wonderful in all his ways. That's the God we serve. Praise the Lord. You know that your spirituality was also God. Another one that is very key, you know, in, I think that's Isaiah 45, 22 and 23. You see, the way they put it is, I'm God and there is no other. But I, I just want you to know that God is exclusively God. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we imagine that, um, you know, that, uh, well, God helped, but I did this. No, no. The finality of outcomes in your life, no matter who gets involved, is God. Praise the Lord. Glory must return to him. Praise must be given to him. Why? Because he is God and besides him there is what? There is no other. 
There is no other God. I'm breathing not because the doctors are good. I'm alive not because the medicine worked. It's just because God said, be. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so now let's come to a, a, a brief text we're going to look at and then we, we try and round up. Exodus chapter 3 is an account that we are familiar with. Is the uh, encounter Moses had, you know, with God. And I read from verse 1 to 6. I'd like us to read together. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Praise the Lord. Now, we have said several things that God, you know, is in understanding and working in the scripture. I want to introduce to you a part of God that will help me and will help you. And that part of God is that God is invisible. Let me hear you say invisible. God is invisible. You see, uh, the Apostle Paul, in declaring the gospel to the Romans, the Gentiles, who had no background of God, one of the things he tried to make clear to them was that even before the gospel started coming, he said God had been making himself known. In Romans 1.20, please put it on the screen so we all read it. It says, for since the creation of the world, it said his what? Invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are what? Without excuse. What's this saying there? Let's read it you know, carefully now. It says, since the creation of the world, his what? Invisible. So God has invisibility. He has attributes that are invisible but he says that see how can something invisible be seen god expects you and i to see the invisible did you hear me the spiritual man sees what he sees the invisible you have to if you're going to make this journey successful he's saying here god is invisible but he has left landmarks are you with me let's read another one um first timothy one 17 now it says now to the king eternal that's saying god who was who is who will forever be to the king immortal then he says to the king what invisible okay then he goes on to say to god who what alone is wise you see so when god says i should do something how many of us have heard known what god wants us to do but you felt otherwise. How many of us? And you felt otherwise not because you were crazy, but you thought this wasn't the wise thing to do. Isn't it? This will help you. You say only God is wise. When my wisdom does not align with God's wisdom, I'm foolish. Praise the Lord. 
Situations will arise when my wisdom will not look like God's wisdom. I'm the one who is foolish. You know, it's like the world where we live in now. It's amazing how we grow and find out that our parents were right all along. How many of us are finding that out now? And you want your children to find it out when they're children, eh? No, the time for unveiling hasn't come. When they have their own children. You know, my wife calls me nep officer. I turn off all the lights. As you're going out, I'm turning off. I used to wonder why, why are these people shouting for turning off light? When you don't pay bills, why will you turn off light? You know, lots of things parents, you know, bothered us about. You're wondering why. Why are they bothering you? You know, don't they know that this is that and this is that? Then after some time, you realize that you didn't know that you didn't know. Praise the Lord. It says God who alone is what? Wise. Any wise man who does not agree with God is foolish. Wisdom is to agree with God. Okay? But our focus today is the God invisible. Okay? Now, if we go back to our text in Exodus, I want you to see something in that verse too. The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold... The bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not born. I want to ask you, how, what happened here? The Bible also went on to tell us, Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush was not born. He said, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, it was that time that God was, God called to him and said, Moses, Moses. Now, if Moses did not turn aside, what would have happened? Would anything have happened? Would he have had an encounter with God? He wouldn't have had that encounter, right? Now, when the Bible says, angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire, the flame, what was the flame? You see, the flame was visible. Are you with me? He could see the flame, but he couldn't see God. Because God is what? Invisible. But when he saw the flame, he saw something else again. He saw that the bush was not being consumed by the flame. So when he put the two together, he said, this is unusual. Are you with me? When he saw the unusual, it took him beyond the material world. Because the properties, the characteristics of fire and bush is that if the two meet, what should happen? There should be a burning. There should be a consuming. So when he didn't see it happen that way, he now exercised his scientific mind to say this is unnatural. And he began to inquire. It was in the process of that inquisition or inquiry that God called to him and began to speak to Moses. Now, do you know how many times this invisible God had wanted to make himself known to you? But, you see, if you're not sensitive. Now, look at the way the Holy Spirit made me understand this. Okay, um, who wants me to use him for an example? Okay, okay, uh, let, let's use our big boy now. Um, Festus. Festus, you live in America. So how did you come to Nigeria? By, so you came in a plane. Okay, where is the plane? You don't know where it is now. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame, in a plane, in a car, in a house girl. God can appear to you in any, using any vessel. If you don't see beyond the vessels, you will never see God. God was not the flame, but God traveled in the flame. 
Is someone hearing me? God is invisible. You see? Hallelujah. We have the account. Let, let's use the little girl, the house girl. We have the account of a man who was a successful, you know, uh, warrior. Naaman. And God had looked at this man and had mercy on him and wanted to heal him. So he sent the house girl. Not the man's house girl. The wife's house girl. To tell the madam. Those of you who don't listen to madams, you will miss opportunities. Those of you madams who, if your house girl says, ma, you slap her face, what are you calling me? Can't you say I'm on the phone? You will slap out God. She said, ma, 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 please, please, ma, I'm really sorry, but uh, ma, I don't know, you know, uh, I don't know how to say this thing I want to say, but ma, hey, uh, you know, okay, where I come from? He said, what is my business where I come from? Spy. That's how the miracle will go. Anyway, this little girl was able to pass that information to the madam. The madam went to the ogre and passed the same information. Do you know what it means? It's like you're here now and you're going, you stop to buy, you know, some fruits at the malam's shop. And the malam will tell you, oh, this thing that is on your face, there is somewhere there that they, you, you won't listen to them. But you see, when you know that God is invisible, and you begin to understand that he's at liberty to appear in any vehicle. Your spirituality will go up. The same way when you also know that you don't treat people anyhow. That's why the Bible says to us, he said, you masters, you know, they're told servants. He said, treat your servant as you would serve the Lord. Okay, you servants, don't steal from your masters. Do you, do you want to steal from Jesus? You don't want to do that. So he said, when you serve your master, serve him as you're serving the Lord. Then he says, you masters, as you're calling the shots there. He said, don't forget that you also have what? A master in heaven. God is invisible, but he manifests through every means. And the spiritual have come to open their eyes to see him everywhere. Is someone getting what I'm saying? When you begin to do that, what happens is that the things that they do before they manifest in the physical, you become a partaker of it. You know, they told us, I, I don't know where we learned that, but they say there are those who see things happen. There are those who make things happen. And then I think the last one is, is it there, there are those who, who watch things. And then there's even the fourth class. There are those who don't even know anything happened. You tell them, you say, hey, when did it happen? You see, you can live life seeing things happen but you can live life entering into where they occur from why because you have taken yourself beyond the material world a lot of people are still too base so you meet somebody and you're nice to the person because you like her hair you meet somebody you greet the person well thank you holy spirit you know but i'm sure that's not the case you know rebecca abraham's servant prayed and said i'm going to look for a bride Okay, for my master's son. God, he said, the young lady I see, and I ask for water, and she offers me water. And then she says, I will also do what? Give to your camels. He said, let that one be. Now, how does a young lady who is expecting, you know, looking, she's of age, so looking for a shooter and all of it. How does she waste her time on an aged servant? That means she looked at that old man and saw handsome Isaac behind him. And she, if Isaac had been the one there in that well needing help, every young lady would have given him water. 
giving his camel. Even washed his clothes, Baba. Because he was a prince. Do you understand? But it wasn't Isaac that was there. I get him. Who was there? It was an old servant, aged servant. What can this man do for me? What? I don't have time for you. Spirituality, you don't judge by the physical eyes. You don't. When a man becomes spiritual, his judgments are no longer informed by the things the natural people carry. He transcends and judges. The Bible says, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The Bible says the deep calling unto deep. You see, the intention of God is to lift you high. So you're walking in an office. Everybody's judging based on the physical, based on God wants to lift you high. So you transcend the physical dimension. So in that office, when God wants to separate you, he will bring a spiritual dimension. You understand it, you came to it. You know, when we're growing up, there are these stories they used to tell. They don't tell those stories to children again. I don't know why. You know, they'll say that uh, this woman had a stepson and uh, this son. How many of us remember those stories? And then they will beat one, beat one, send him. He walks late into the night, then he's crying. Then somebody comes and gives him this, right? Then when the boy brings the thing out and he now turns to a lot of wealth, the mother will now beat the real son and say, foolish boy, come on, go and get your own. How many of us were told those stories? It helped a bit. Praise the Lord. That's trying to open your eyes to think spiritual. Now, unfortunately, many people who are now Christians don't even operate like that. Do you know the Bible says something? The Bible says, count it all joy. When what happens? When you fall into diverse trials and temptations. Knowing what? That the trial of your faith, what does it work? It worketh patience. See things there now. So trials should be counted as joy. Patience should be counted as advancement. I seen it now. But that's not natural. If I say who has a testimony here, nobody's going to take the mic and say, Praise the Lord. Brethren, in this year 2022, the Lord has taught me patience. Ah, hmm, I've learned patience. Now I stand, Gidiba. I wait on the Lord. He said, let patience have his perfect word, that you may be what? Complete and tired, lacking nothing. You know, why is that so? The unspiritual man does not see the dimensions. He sees only the physical. So when he loses physically, he's sad. When he gains physically, he's excited. But the spiritual man understands that there is God operating in this environment. And this God is invisible. If God is invisible, what will be his greatest means of reward? Will it be material? If a man really wants to be nice to you, he invites you to his home. He brings you to his level. Do you understand? Now, Jesus was clear to let us know that his God, his father, is good to how many people? All to the wicked and the just. So, the physical things, God actually does not distribute it based on... He doesn't reward with physical things. Let, let me put it that way. Why? Because, you see, these things are going to pass away. These things are going to, you know, run out in time. But God reserves the best of his gifts in the spiritual. Maybe. So, he says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials and temptations. Anybody here who has, you know, studied for a PhD or... Do we have any professor in the house? Any prof? <laughs> okay. I mean, if you're in school and you study and study and do all that and there's no examination, can there be promotion? They say in this school they don't do exams. 
it means in that school there will be no degrees. There will be no certifications. Is that what it means? The same way in the spirit, when a trial comes, it means that there is a certification that heaven wants to certify you with. Are you with me? You see, understanding these things, what do they do? They equip you for life. They make you live this life, you know, in a dimension that the enemy just can't understand. Let me try and, and put something here for us, you know, that, that try and bring it down. I fell upon two or three interviews on television in the past few weeks. One of them, you know, for those of us who are Nigerian, she worry us. How many of us are aware that the Nigerian Health Act, okay, allows the organs of you and I, we have doctors there, they allow the organs of you and I to be harvested without our permission in Nigeria. Do you know that <laughs> this word is deep? That's the message I came to preach to you today. I say this word is what? It's deep. Those who are on the shallow level don't know. They, are not, they haven't started. The health acts in Europe, in America, forbids that anybody's organ will be harvested without his permission. But a senator here, Okowa, sponsored this health act. Okay? It's getting interesting. And they permitted, they allowed a medical, if you read it, you see wickedness. They said it must be a certified medical practitioner. So once you just get someone who can shoot, then he should be an arm robber. As if that's a condition. Anyway, Nigerians can, you can go to the hospital, none of us here. Nigerians are to go to the hospital and have their organs harvested. Organs, heart, liver, kidney, everything. Without their permission. Provided the doctor feels that's what is best to do. Now, their law forbids it. Their law forbids even use of anyone from their country. But they don't mind. Their law permits imported organs from Africa. It's getting interesting. You see, the man who presided over that act when it was being you know, um, debated, I will tell you his name at last. But the civil society doctor, Dr. Njemanza, I listened to the interview during the week, said he pleaded with them. He said, this is unfair. This is wicked against Nigerians. How can you people do this? He said they were adamant. They refused to listen to him. They passed the act. Do you know the person who presided over it? This world is what? Deep. It's deep. I don't know how much money they may have given them. But if the man knew, we learned here that money carries spirit. If the man knew the spirit behind the money they collected, he was the one who presided over it. The doctor said he begged him, don't allow this act. I was listening to it. I said, am I hearing well? So you can go and Google it, Dr. Njemazi. I think this was on, I don't know whether it was channels or rise during the week. He refused. They passed it. And they said that, over time now, Nigeria is the headquarters for organ harvesting. And the law enables it. What are they doing this for? They want things. But I, I'm amazed how short-sighted human beings can be. Do you know when I speak to you, I think of my son. I think of my daughter. Some of us are married. Do you think of your son, your daughter? What some of you are doing to men, what some of you are doing to your wives or to your husband. Imagine your, your son's wife squeezing his mouth the way you're squeezing that man's mouth. You see, spiritual things. While the earth remains, 
Seed time and what? Harvest shall not. It's, that is A, A, B, C of spirituality. God is just. God is holy. God is light. In him there is no darkness. You cannot cover anything from God. Praise the Lord. Let me read you a scripture. 1 Timothy 5.24 It says, Some men, this word confuses us. Please put 25 together with it. This is what you understand. Once you become a Christian, you should understand this. Because we're in a world where people can tell you all kinds of stories. Let's read it. What does this say? It says, Some men's sins are what? Clearly evident. Preceding them to but those of some men do what? What it means is that I can think I'm free. In fact, when I looked at this scripture, I said, please, Lord, let my own be meeting me now, 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 now. Because if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to what? <laughs> he said, likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident. So some of you here today, you know, what you're doing, serving God, your faithfulness, even in your offices, places of work and different areas. Nobody's appreciating it. But we've learned here that in the spiritual, no labor is without reward. If you miss that, you'll get frustrated. The investment you make in the life of people, the investment you make where nobody sees, you will be rewarded. If you're not rewarded, your children will be rewarded. Your grandchildren, these are spiritual principles. There's no loss. And there's no cheating. Cheating is only for a short time. You can't cheat forever. Who will you cheat? The whole nature is together. You take from here your own. You give, you've deposited. Just the same way you put money in a bank. It doesn't disappear. The money has left your pocket, but it's in the bank. The same way the good works you do, it may leave your body, it may leave you immediately, but it's a deposit for you to draw on in future. You know? Someone was telling us, I, I hope that is not true. You know? One of our members said he ran into a Mercedes-Benz car, latest Mercedes-Benz. And the man, he ran, the car he was driving cannot be more than 1.52 million. And he ran into this, you know, big man's car. And the man made him spend 1.2 million to fix the car. That man would jam aeroplane. I'm telling you. If you know him, keep his record. Which kind of heart will you have to make somebody use the almost the cost of his car to replace your car because his brakes failed and he ran into you. Not that he was drunk. You have reaped something that you will sow or you have sown something you will reap. Spiritual laws. You see, you don't do anybody a favor when you do good. You do nobody any favor. No! It's just that they're not seen. They're not seen. You, you're not seeing it immediately. When somebody's in an environment and is making sure things are done, he's not being foolish. The world will think you're foolish, but you're spiritual. You're sowing spiritual seed. It's not lost in transit. Nothing is lost in transit in the spiritual. That's what spiritual men understand. Do you understand the laws of the spirit? The Bible says the wisdom of this world. Let's read it. 1 Corinthians 2 again. Maybe we'll do from 7. Let's see what 7 says. Okay. He said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. He said, which none of the rulers of this age knew. He said, for had they known what would have happened, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, you see, just stop yourself. I can explain it. He said, in the spiritual, just the same way, you know, in some dimensions also in the physical. When an act is done, there must be a recompense. Okay, now, 
when the rulers of this world, when they wrongfully crucified our Lord and Savior Jesus, you know the Bible said, the prince of this world comes and what? And finds nothing in me. Now the law, the spiritual law, is that the soul that sins must die. The spiritual law also says that the soul that does not sin must not die. Are you with me? Now, when Jesus was crucified, they broke a spiritual law. The soul that did not sin was made to die. So they had sown something that they must reap. This is my own, that's why I put it in. They had killed the just. You know the implication? Me, criminal. They can't kill me again. You, Wyoman, they can't kill you again. Because they crucified the just, the unjust can now go free. Once they say, I believe in Jesus. I'm following Jesus. The law says, you have held the one you shouldn't hold. So immediately, you can't hold the one you should hold. You have lost your privilege. It's a spiritual principle. That is the wisdom of God. That's the way it works. That's how come you and I can be saved. If they knew this, Jesus would beg to die. They won't kill him. Because killing him, multitudes, every day, men are calling on the name of the Lord. And whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord is saved. They call Jesus. They check. This man is a criminal. They say, no. But in the name of Jesus, you have lost your right to hold him. He has called his name. Jesus bails him. Jesus delivers him. Jesus heals him. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I don't have a right. No wonder the Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Just bow your heads and just appreciate the Lord and his mercy. You know, that's why the Bible says there is no other name given under heaven. There is none that has been found sinless. None that has been found blameless. None that has been found perfect. Who could bail you and I? Nobody. John said when the scroll was held in heaven, there was none found in the heavens above on the earth beneath who was worthy there was none who had run through this earth perfect he said but there is he said to him weep no more say the lamb of god the lion of the tribe of judah he said he has prevailed this morning i don't know how you came to church i don't know how you came listening to this conversation we've had this brief morning our time is up but we have to stop here but what i will not do is let you not take benefit of what Jesus Christ has freely given to us and is the gift of freedom in Christ. Salvation. The power of the enemy broken. You should live here no longer under bondage to the spirit of fear, to the spirit of death, to the spirit of lust, to the spirit of iniquity and sin. There is a redeemer and he says, whosoever calls upon his name shall be saved. Jesus is here. Is there anybody here? Who as you're listening to me, something said to you, it's time I took what Jesus gave to me. Christmas is around the corner. 
we're going to be singing joy to the world. That joy is not compulsory. That joy is as many as received him. To them he gave the power to become. Are you here? Jesus is saying, come to me. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.